This reading is from Human Nature in its Fourfold State by Thomas Boston. State 1. The State of Innocence Look, this is what I have discovered. God made humans upright, but they have sought out many schemes. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 29 There are four essential things that everyone who desires to enter heaven must know. 1. What humanity was like in the state of innocence as created by God. 2. What humans are like in a state of corrupt nature as they have undone themselves. 3. What humans must come in a state of grace, being created in Christ Jesus for good works, if they are to partake in the inheritance of the saints in light. 4. What humans will be in their eternal state as judged by God, either perfectly happy or completely miserable, and that for eternity. These are weighty matters that pertain to practical godliness, which most people, including many professing believers, in these times are completely disconnected from. Therefore, under divine guidance, I intend to explain and apply these things. I will begin with the first point, the state of innocence, by considering how humans were once like a perfectly crafted palace, we can better grasp the impact of their fall. We can also appreciate the incomparable person whom the Father has appointed as the restorer of what was broken. Moreover, we can firmly resolve to follow the path that leads to the city with unshakable foundations. In the text, three aspects are presented. 1. The state of innocence in which humans were created. God made humans upright. Here humans refer to our first parents, the original couple, who are the ancestors of all humanity. They can be found in Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. When God created humans, He made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them, and they were known collectively as Adam. The same word is used in our text. In this sense, humans were created perfectly, in harmony with nature of God whose work is flawless. There was no imperfection or corruption, neither in their body nor in their soul. They were created upright, meaning their souls were aligned with the will and law of God without any irregularity. By their very nature, they were directed towards God as their ultimate purpose. This straight inclination was symbolized by the erect posture of their bodies, a feature unique to humans among all living creatures. Just as David was described as a man after God's own heart in the gospel, Adam was likewise a righteous and morally good man in the legal sense. God created him in this manner. He did not make him first and then grant him righteousness. Righteousness was an intrinsic part of his creation so that the moment he became a human, he was also a righteous human, morally good, with the very breath of life infused into him. 2. The fallen state of humanity. But they have sought out many schemes. Adam and Eve deviated from their state of rest in God and sought their own means to improve their condition, ultimately leading to their ruin. Their downfall was self-inflicted. They did not remain as God had made them, but embarked on a quest for schemes and inventions that only resulted in their own destruction. 3. The certainty and significance of these matters. Look, this is what I have discovered. These points are the outcome of thorough investigation and earnest inquiry conducted by the wisest of men. In the preceding verses, Solomon portrays himself in pursuit of goodness in the world, but he found no satisfactory fulfillment in his search. He diligently examined everything. But look, this is what I have found, he says. He could not find the true good that would satisfy his inquiry. Goodness was exceedingly rare, like finding one valuable item among thousands. 
However, even if the experience of others different from Solomon's, it does not discredit his discernment or provide a conclusive answer to the question which will remain unresolved until the final day. Amidst all the uncertainty, one point has been discovered and firmly established. Look, this, pay close attention to it, for it is a matter deserving deep and serious consideration, the nature of human depravity. This depravity did not originate from God, who made humans upright, but from humans themselves who sought out many schemes. Doctrine, God made humans entirely righteous. This refers to the state of innocence in which God placed humans in the world. The Bible only briefly describes this state compared to the subsequent state, since it was short-lived, resulting from humans misusing their free will. I will. 1. Explore the righteousness of the state in which humans were created. 2. Present some of the positive accompanying traits and consequences of this state. 3. Apply the entire teaching. 1. Of man's original righteousness. Original righteousness of humans regarding the righteousness of this state, we should understand that just as the righteousness of God is supreme, standard, and uncreated, all created righteousness, whether of humans or angels, is measured against the law and conforms to it. A creature cannot act morally independently from God any more than it can exist naturally apart from Him. A creature being a creature must recognize the will of the Creator as the supreme law, for it owes its existence to Him and must live according to His will. However, no law binds until it is revealed. Thus we can conclude that there was a law to which humans, as rational creatures, were subject from their creation, and this law was made known to them. The text declares, God made humans upright. This implies the existence of a law to which humans conformed at their creation. When something is made regular or according to a rule, the rule itself is presupposed. Therefore, we can understand that this law was none other than the eternal and necessary law of righteousness, which the second Adam fully observed, but was opposed by the carnal mind. Some remnant of this law can still be found among the pagans, who even without the law act according to their own consciences. Romans chapter 2 verse 14. In short, this law is the same one that was later summarized in the Ten Commandments and proclaimed to the Israelites on Mount Sinai, the moral law. Human righteousness consists of conforming to this law. Specifically, two types of conformity were required. Habitual righteousness, which involved aligning the faculties and powers of the soul with the law, and actual righteousness, which entailed conforming all actions to the law. God made humans habitually righteous, and it was their responsibility to make themselves actually righteous. God provided the foundation, and humans were to build upon it. In essence, humans' righteousness at their creation consisted of all the faculties and powers of their soul conforming to the moral law. This is what we refer to as original righteousness, with three main aspects. 1. Humans possessed a fully enlightened understanding. They had perfect knowledge of the law and their corresponding duties. They were created in God's image and thus lacked no knowledge, which includes an understanding of the law. Colossians chapter 3 verse 10. Such knowledge was necessary to enable them to obey comprehensively, for obedience can only be true obedience when it arises from an understanding of God's commandments. Although Adam did not have the law written on tablets of stone, it was inscribed in his mind, instilled in him at his creation. God imprinted it upon his soul, making him a law unto himself, as indicated by the traces of this knowledge that can still be seen among pagans. 
Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Given that humans were appointed to represent creation and glorify God through their works, it is reasonable to believe that Adam possessed extensive knowledge of God's creations. This is evident in Adam's act of naming the animals, which names that accurately reflect their nature. Genesis chapter 2, verse 19. To exercise his dominion over the creatures, using them responsibly, in accordance with God's will, required a profound understanding of their natures. Furthermore, Adam's perfect knowledge of the law indicates his competence in governing civil affairs, which in relation to God's law, a righteous person manages with wisdom. Psalm 112, verse 5. 2. Humans' wills were completely aligned with God's will. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6. There was no corruption or inclination towards evil within their wills, for that would constitute sin. The Apostle Paul states, I would not have known what sin had it not been for the law, for I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, You shall not covet. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. A propensity for evil would have contradicted the rectitude and uprightness explicitly mentioned in the text. Human wills were directed and naturally inclined towards God and goodness, although subject to change. Their original constitution inclined them to follow the Creator's will just as a shadow follows the body. They were not left in a state of equal balance between good and evil, as that would not constitute uprightness or conformity to the law. The law was impressed upon Adam's soul. In the context of the new covenant, which restores the image of God, this consists of two aspects. One, having the law in the mind signifying knowledge of it, and two, writing it in the heart indicating inclination of the will that aligns with the commands of the law, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. Therefore, just as the will of the regenerate when renewed by grace is naturally inclined towards holiness, fulfilling every aspect of the law's demands, Adam's will in his original state possessed inclinations aligned with everything commanded by the law. If believers who partake in the divine nature according to Scripture— 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, possesses a will naturally inclined towards holiness, then it follows that Adam's will, when he was created by God, was endowed with inclinations toward everything commanded by the law. While the Gentiles may show some knowledge of the law in their minds, Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, their hearts are inclined in a different direction. Therefore, the expression used in the present context must encompass not only notion of the mind, but also inclinations of the will accompanying them. These inclinations, though tainted by corruption and regenerate, were pure and untainted in Adam. In short, Adam knew his master's pleasures regarding his duties, and his will was inclined towards what he knew. 3. Adam's affections were properly ordered, pure, and holy, a necessary aspect of the uprightness in which he was created. The Apostle Paul petitions, May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5, meaning, May the Lord align your hearts to make them straight in their devotion to loving God. Our text explicitly states that humans were created upright. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, affirms that the new man is created in righteousness and true holiness. In this context, holiness distinguished from righteousness refers to the purity and good order of the affection. For instance, Paul urges men to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Just as turbulent waters cannot reflect the image of the sun, 
A heart filled with impure and disorderly affections is not receptive to divine communion. Adam's sensitive desires naturally incline towards objects pleasing to the senses. Since humans are composed of both body and soul, and since God created humans to glorify and enjoy him while using his good creation subordinately, it is evident that Adam possessed natural inclination towards both spiritual and sensory goods, with the recognition that spiritual good, the ultimate good, held the primacy. Therefore, his sensual impulses and inclinations were subject to his reason and will in perfect harmony with God's will, without any contradiction. Otherwise, he would have been internally divided, his soul naturally inclined towards God as the chief end in the higher part, and towards creation as the chief end in the lower part, an impossibility, since a person cannot have two ultimate ends simultaneously. Hence, Adam's affection and his original state were pure, free from defilement and disorder, as they consistently submitted to his clear reason and holy will. He possessed the power to carry out his will, a power to do good, he knew ought to be done and to fulfill the entire law of God. Otherwise, God would have required perfect obedience from him. For it would be blasphemy to accuse such a gracious and benevolent God of demanding what is unattainable. Matthew chapter 25, verses 24 through 26. Based on the preceding discussion, it is evident that the original righteousness described was both universal and natural, all but mutable. One, universal. This righteousness extended to the entire person and the entire law. It was universal in terms of the person since it permeated every aspect of human nature. No part of their being was flawed when God originally created them, even though it is fragmented now. Adam was holy in his soul, body, and spirit. The soul remained untainted, and its dwelling was kept clean and undefiled. The bodily members were consecrated vessels and instruments of righteousness. A struggle between flesh and spirit, reason and appetite, or even the slightest inclination to sin or carnal desires within the lower part of the soul would have been incompatible with the uprightness in which Adam was created. Such notions have been invented to conceal the corruption of human nature and obscure the grace of God in Jesus Christ. They resembled the words of fallen Adam, who attributed his sin to God, saying, The woman you put here with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Genesis chapter 3, verse 12. Although this righteousness was universal concerning the person, it also extended to the law itself. There was nothing in the law that contradicted Adam's reason and will as God originally made it. Adam's soul was perfectly conformed to the commandments, which despite being broad, corresponded to his very nature. Therefore, Adam's original righteousness was not only complete in its various aspects, but also complete in degree. 2. Natural. While this righteousness was natural to humans, it was not supernatural in their original state. It was not essential to their being, for loss would not have resulted in the loss of their existence. Rather, it was natural in the sense that humans are created with it, and it was necessary for their state of integrity. Nonetheless, it was mutable, a righteousness that could be lost as evidenced by the tragic outcome. Adam's will was not absolutely indifferent to good and evil. God inclined it solely towards good. However, God did not firmly fix and confirm these inclinations, preventing any alteration. Instead, humans possessed the ability to change even towards evil through their own actions. God had given them sufficient power to maintain their integrity if they had chosen to do so. It is inappropriate to question God's work in this matter. If Adam had been unchangeably righteous... 
It would have been either due to his nature or as a result of a free gift. However, he could not possess this righteousness by nature since that is inclusive to God and cannot be bestowed upon any creature. If it were a free gift, then withholding it from Adam would not have been unjust as he could not have demanded what was beyond his nature. Confirmation in a righteous state is a reward of grace granted for remaining righteous throughout the period of the testing determined by the Creator. Similarly, it is given to believers based on the merits of Christ, who was obedient even unto death. In this regard, believers have an advantage over Adam. They can never completely or finally fall away from grace. Thus, humans were originally made righteous, created in God's own image. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, which encompasses the positive qualities of knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. As God declared, everything that he made was very good in accordance with their respective natures. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. Therefore, humans were morally good, fashioned after the image of God, who is good and upright. Psalm chapter 25, verse 8. Without this righteousness, humans would not have fulfilled the primary purpose of their creation, to know, love, and serve God according to His will. Indeed, they could not have been created any other way, for they either had to conform to the law and their powers, principles, and inclinations, or not. If they had they would have been righteous. If not, they would have been sinners, an absurd and repulsive notion.